Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Michael Marin couldn't pay his mortgage, so he burned down his house, began Deputy Maricopa County Attorney Chris Rapp in the prosecution's opening statements at Mr. Marin's arson trial. In this episode about firebugs, we'll be talking about a convicted arsonist who used arson with the intention of committing fraud, specifically something called insurance fraud. And that is, as we'll learn, actually not Really an uncommon thing. So let's get into it. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarki. And I'm Holly Fry. Michael James Marin was born on December 2nd, 1958, into a Navy family, and he was raised on Whidbey Island near Seattle, Washington. His parents were members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and although he was raised in the religion, as an adult, Michael did not consider himself of the Mormon faith. He graduated from Brigham Young University and then Yale Law School. He has been described as a small man with thinning light brown hair who was in good shape from his hobbies, which included things like climbing Mount Everest. Seriously. He usually wore blue polo shirts with shorts and sandals, and he spoke softly. And he was very successful, and he was known among his friends for having eclectic interests. Phoenix New Times writer Paul Rubens, who interviewed Michael extensively after a fire at his Phoenix home, described Michael as, quote, Yale Law School educated attorney, ex-Wall Street trader, high-level executive in Japan, 
artist and art collector, author, erstwhile philanthropist, small plane pilot, devotee of the annual Burning Man Festival, irony noted, and scuba diver. Today, though, he is also remembered for the crime of arson. Michael bought the house at 71 Biltmore Estates Drive in Phoenix, Arizona in September of 2008. Yet despite his alleged millions, Michael soon found himself in a pinch. He owed $2.3 million on a balloon mortgage payment he knew he couldn't pay. In an interview with the New Times, Michael noted that, quote, feeding the kitty month after month was draining him financially. Until the balloon mortgage payment came due, he'd been making monthly $17,000 interest-only payments on his Phoenix home, a loan granted to him by private lenders. And in addition, he also had a mortgage at his Gilbert, Arizona residence. To the New Times, he also stated, quote, to hammer that point home about my finances, the biggest thing in front of me was the one-year interest-only balloon payment. So I refinance or sell or I am totally screwed. If I were to burn it, that's slitting my own throat. I lose everything. In his situation, his lenders could either foreclose on him or they could try to renegotiate the loan's terms with him, although that would have been for a higher interest-only rate than what he was already paying. To Michael, both of those seemed like a bad deal. He tried to sell the house through a charity fundraiser. But that didn't quite work out. But he did try. The property was supposed to be raffled off on the 4th of July, 2009. To the New Times, he stated, quote, I thought, here's my chance. I'm going to sell this house anyway. Why not sell it a little bit at a time with the raffle? I wasn't going to make any money on the deal. Just get out of it what I put into it and move along. If it went well, the center could have gotten maybe $500,000. So, It sounded like a great thing. No downside. We'll explain what the center is here in a moment. To advertise the raffle, he wrote up a press release, and we're going to read it. Quote, Michael J. Marin, the artist and author who made his home available to the Child Crisis Center for purposes of making the Arizona Dream House raffle possible, is climbing Everest this spring. Raffle tickets are only $25. Imagine! a completely furnished $3.5 million Arizona Biltmore Estates dream house for only $25. It even comes with a Rolls Royce. There are hundreds of other prizes available, too. He also wrote the rules of his raffle, which stated that he would only sell the property after 176,000 tickets were sold at $25 per ticket, and if they all sold, the total would have been more than $4 million. And that meant that Michael would have the money to pay the $2.3 million he owed, plus there would be a hefty bit to give to the center. But things didn't go as Michael had planned or had hoped. When Arizona state authorities determined Michael's raffle was illegal, he was forced to shut it down. But he still didn't list his home for sale after the raffle failure. Instead, he later told the press and investigators he'd decided to move in. Quote, There was a tipping point, and I started to spend more time there. It went to about 60% there and 40% in Gilbert. Finally, in June, I guess, I made my decision that I might as well live in Biltmore Estates, and I started to move over there piece by piece. I was up to my ears in packing boxes. He claimed to have moved many boxes over the July 4th weekend and that he'd spent the afternoon of the 4th at his girlfriend's home. 
She confirmed the details of this alibi with authorities. It was early in the morning of July 5th when Michael's 10,766-square-foot mansion went up in flames. Michael claimed that he was at home the evening before the fire broke out, watching television before he fell asleep in the master suite on the second floor. When questioned by the media about the fire and his escape, Michael described the night he woke to the fire like this, quote, The next thing I know is I'm getting awakened by some faint electronic beeping that I hear through my earplugs. I immediately smell smoke. Smoke is pouring in from every crack. I recall three distinct moments in which I kind of freaked out, and that was the first one. I know what I'm seeing. I know what I'm smelling. This can't be. I head for the door, which is the only way and leads down the spiral staircase. When I pull that door open, it blasts me with this superheated air and smoke. All I could do was throw my weight against the door and close it. Black smoke has embedded itself in the room. As an old pilot, I'm aware that it's smoke inhalation that kills. I get down low to the ground where I have my second panic moment. I tell myself, I'm still screwed. How am I going to get out of here? The window is an option. I'm still crouching, and I realize I have this collapsible escape ladder in the closet. I decide to try to go get it. When the press followed up with questions about his curious decision to put his scuba gear to use, Michael replied, quote, I had to get the ladder out of the box. Then, boom, I literally smacked into my scuba set and I had a flash of inspiration. I turned on the valve and when I heard the airflow, it was one of the happiest sounds I ever heard. I grabbed the ladder and the scuba gear and headed back to the bed, which is where the window is. And that's when I had another panic attack, if you will. I didn't know at that point if I was going to make it. I was feeling a little woozy. I knew I had to make a 911 call, and I had to breathe through the scuba apparatus. I had to get the window open, and I had to deploy the ladder. Time kind of slows down for me when I get into these situations. Michael called the Phoenix 911 emergency line early in the morning, about 4.30 a.m. on July 5th. He was coughing as he gave his address, but he was calm. It took an alarming, amazingly unbelievable minute before the actual cause of the emergency was reported. Michael didn't tell the 911 operator why he called, nor did the operator ask what the emergency was for for 51 seconds. So if you've ever heard 911, what's your emergency? Apparently, he was just chatting. Uh, Finally, it's reported his mansion was engulfed in fire. 90 seconds after placing the call, Michael told the operator he was going to escape from his second-floor bedroom by climbing down a rope ladder through a window. And he did, indeed, do just that, while wearing scuba gear. Firefighters arrived at the scene only a few minutes after Michael's 911 call. A next-door neighbor had made independent calls to 911 as well, reporting what they thought was an empty home on fire. What firefighters found was a house engulfed in a multiple alarm fire. And the fact that it was all caps on fire immediately roused suspicion among authorities. But hold on to that. We'll talk more about that in a minute. In an emotional interview with local station KNXV-TV the next day, Michael summarized the scene of his escape and stated, quote, This time around, God was certainly there, or I wouldn't have made it. Despite pointedly telling authorities and the Phoenix media that, quote, I had nothing to do with this fire starting, investigators felt differently. 
He was arrested for arson and spent 10 days in jail before being released on bond. To the media, he said, quote, one, you don't set fire to something that you're in and then go trap yourself upstairs to make a more dramatic exit. Second thing, if you bore into my finances, this was the worst thing that could have happened to me. Not only did I not have any incentive personally, I totally had a counter-incentive. The Phoenix Fire Department people will figure out what they figure out. KNXV-TV also quoted him saying, I'm shocked, utterly and completely shocked. I'm innocent of these charges. I'm anxious to have that proved. So how did we go from a homeowner who felt lucky to have escaped a fire while wearing scuba gear to a homeowner arrested for arson? Let's talk about all of that. But first, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. When we're back, we'll talk about how investigators determine if a fire was or was not intentionally set. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. It's almost here. The Nix Anniversary Sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nix's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. 
So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past, and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about the report written by the Phoenix Fire Department and what they found at the scene of the fire at Michael's Biltmore Estates home. There are four primary causes of fires. It might be natural, accidental, negligent, or deliberate. Natural causes are usually things like wildfires or lightning strikes. Accidental fires might be caused without human involvement, but they might also be considered negligent, depending on whether the fire ignited because of careless human behavior. A fire is considered deliberately set when someone intentionally starts that fire, but that doesn't automatically mean that it's arson. Arson is a crime, and not all intentionally set fires are criminal. For instance, If you use a burn barrel to burn backyard debris, that's a case of deliberately setting a fire, but it's a good example of a deliberate fire that is probably not going to get flagged as arson. When it comes to arson, experts look for a few notable signs, and those signs include things like these eight things. So one, first responders notice the fire is not burning normally or as expected. It might be burning very quickly or very hot, for instance. Two, there are four characteristics of smoke that can hold clues to the cause of a fire. The smoke's volume, color, velocity, and density. Fire investigators know how to look at smoke and identify it quickly by these characteristics. Most fires produce a mixture of black, gray, kind of a nearly white smoke. Petroleum products popular in arson cases you said this would be like gasoline, diesel fuel, kerosene, butane, turpentine. These ignitable fluids all produce thick black smoke, which can indicate heavy fuel burning or that man-made materials are on fire. Three, there is significant damage to the structure. Four, no accidental cause can be determined. Five, multiple points of origin are discovered or there is no identifiable point of origin for the fire at all. Six, accelerants are found on site. Seven, there may be changes in the environment, such as flammable items placed in specific areas around or inside the structure. And to round this list out, valuable items may have been moved. 
Fire and arson investigators examine the physical attributes of a fire scene, and it's their job to identify and collect physical evidence. You might be wondering, though, how can we be talking about evidence? Wouldn't any evidence of arson get destroyed in the fire? Well, it's true. The fire itself can and often does destroy potential evidence that could help investigators figure out clues in an arson case. But it's not as though the site is wiped clean. When investigators sift through the rubble of a scorched building, they're looking for clues of a crime and that the homeowner or some other party might be linked to that crime. Their collected evidence is then analyzed and used to help determine if the cause of the fire was accidental or deliberate. The Phoenix Fire Department assigned Fire Captain Jeff Peabody to head the investigation, with assistance from Fire Captain Willie Nelson. After the initial investigation, the cause of the fire was considered undetermined, but the case stayed open for months. Fire Captain Peabody stated that he began his, quote, origin and cause investigation the moment he arrived at the scene of the blaze, which was shortly before 5 a.m. on July 5th. He later wrote in his official report, quote, This fire was in an advanced stage of burning when the first fire units arrived. My observations of this size house and the amount of fire damage was suspicious, being that an occupant was home at the time. He also continued that he'd observed several points of possible origin of the fire that would need additional investigation, and that, quote, These low points of origin on the second floor and the severity of burn downstairs gave me reason to believe that this fire was intentionally set in different areas, both downstairs and upstairs. Investigators spent considerable time combing through the scene and conducting interviews. A few days after the fire, on July 9th, Phoenix Fire Captains Peabody and Nelson and their team began to officially and methodically sort through the smoldering debris and ashes. And they also called in their department's expert, a chocolate Labrador named Sadie. Sadie was an accelerant detection canine that's also known as an arson dog. And she was police trained to sniff out gasoline, lighter fluid, and other accelerants commonly used in arson. Arson dogs can often sniff out more evidence than a forensic specialist can uncover in a laboratory. With her handler, Captain Fred Andes, Sadie and fire investigators determined, with certainty, that Peabody was correct. There were multiple ignition points inside Michael's mansion. These were places where someone intentionally started the fire, and not like what you might expect to see in the case of, say, an accidental electrical fire, where pinpointing the location of electrical arcing can reveal the fire's point of origin. Peabody's official report concluded there were, quote, four points of origin where Michael intentionally set fire to burn his house, and three additional areas of interest that showed inconsistent burn patterns with the surrounding area. Although Michael had an alibi, the Phoenix Fire Department's investigators were becoming more and more convinced he was their man. Not only had multiple and separate points of origin been located both downstairs and upstairs in his house, Phoenix Fire Marshal Jack Ballantyne stated, quote, There were trails of phone books up the spiral staircase laid all the way up the stairwell so that a fire from down below could get to the top. And that house burned. They worked on it for hours to put it out. In fact, 28 phone books, some dating back to 2005, were found, as well as paper packing materials and moving boxes, all used as fuel for the fire. 
Some spots had more charring than others, which, to arson investigators, indicated areas or attempted areas of ignition. Once there's physical proof a fire was intentionally started, experts begin the search for who started it. They look for DNA at the scene. They trace items found at the scene through purchase records. In some cases, what's found at the scene of suspected arson can exonerate a suspected homeowner. In other cases, analysis may reveal other suspects. Sometimes, everything points directly to the homeowner as the criminal. In Michael's situation, well, he told authorities that the house had ongoing electrical problems. In the courtroom, Michael's attorney, Richard Gearloff, claimed that the fire was accidental, having ignited in an electrical box. He explained that the cardboard moving boxes and more than two dozen phone books were positioned as they had been because Michael was busy moving in. The newsprint paper in the phone books, he continued, was to be used in Michael's decoupage artwork. And the open containers of combustible acetone that the arson investigators suggested were used as accelerants in that fire? Gearloff simply explained that Michael worked with resins in his art. Defense attorney Lindsay Abramson added, quote, The state wants you to make a leap that because he is eccentric, because he saved his own life wearing a scuba suit, that he committed arson. But the story Michael and his lawyers were telling wasn't lining up with the investigation. Investigators had called in all kinds of help, including forensic accountants and insurance investigators to help with more than the rubble. Forensic accountants can help discover important information, such as unemployment of the insured homeowner, delinquency in mortgage payments, any property foreclosure proceedings that are underway, tax liens on the property, fire during periods of renovation, a recent increase of insurance, or any misrepresentation of the value of that property. They found that millionaire Michael Marin was actually broke which gave investigators a motive for him to have committed the crime, arson fraud, which is also known as arson with intent to defraud an insurer, or simply insurance fraud. While Sadie could sniff out accelerants, a motive, however, it can be tougher to tease out. But Michael had also admitted to the Phoenix New Times and to authorities in the days following the fire that he'd been having financial difficulties and added that a stock market tumble along with poor investments had taken a bite out of his portfolio. The first of two interviews between Phoenix fire officials and Michael took place on July 7th at his home in Gilbert. According to the Phoenix Fire Department's official report, Michael first claimed to have, quote, hundreds of thousands of dollars in liquid assets, though in their second interview, he claimed it was actually more like $100,000 or less. A liquid asset is an asset that can easily be converted into cash within a short amount of time things like stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Non-liquid assets include things such as property, jewelry, or works of art, which can take longer to convert into cash and may lose some of their value when sold. An interesting turn of events. During these interviews, Michael also stated that he was insured with State Farm through a deal from his private lenders. He did, in fact, have a State Farm insurance policy on the Phoenix house. It stated when it came to the house and land, it was the lender and not Michael who stood to collect more than $2 million for the damage to the structure and what were considered the home's built-ins. Those are features that are literally just built into the interior of the home, like your home's entertainment center or sometimes specialty wall cabinets and other pre-existing items. 
But if things had gone in his favor, Michael could have collected up to $1 million in insurance money for the contents of his home. There was something else that bothered the investigators, and it wasn't something they found. It was what they didn't find. Michael's blue and gold macaw, Sunshine, was not home when the fire broke out. Also missing was his prized rubbing from the ancient Cambodian temple of Angkor Wat. And then there were the Picassos. Michael had a collection of 18 original etchings by Pablo Picasso. Though they were normally kept at his Phoenix home, they weren't there the night of the fire. They'd been moved and were at his Gilbert, Arizona home at the time. When asked their worth, Michael told investigators, quote, seven figures. Reportedly, he also claimed his Picassos were not insured because he couldn't afford to do so. We're going to take a break here for a word from our sponsors. And when we return, we'll talk more about the arson investigation and the unlikely and sad events that unfolded at Michael's trial. It's almost here. The Nick's anniversary sale starts this Thursday, May 9th at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of Nick's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. So mark your calendar this Thursday, May 9th for the NYX anniversary sale. Get 30% off all leak-proof underwear, shapewear, activewear, and more. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Don't miss this. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. 
For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about how what happened in the courtroom was hardly a textbook arson trial, or any trial for that matter. So you might be wondering, why might a person burn down their home? Well, there are several reasons or circumstances that can factor in here, and we've been dancing around a specific one throughout the episode so far, and that is arson fraud, which, as Maria mentioned earlier, is a term for when a home or business owner deliberately ignites their insured property with the intent to collect money from their insurance company. Sometimes with the intention of using that insurance money to pay off their mortgage or another loan, but sometimes not. Of all the possible motives for arson, this motive is financial, usually used to make a profit, and usually committed by individuals who find themselves in hard financial positions such as incurring high debt or in foreclosure or bankruptcy. By the time the case went to court, fire investigators had officially reported that Michael had, quote, committed arson of an occupied structure by starting multiple fires inside his home. He was the only person home at the time of this fire and escaped using a portable ladder from a second-story balcony while wearing a diving mask, buoyancy compensator, and breathing air from a scuba tank. Michael declined to take the stand in his own defense. He was charged and convicted of intentionally burning down his mansion in the upscale Biltmore Estates neighborhood, and he faced up to 16 years in prison for doing so. He was found guilty by a Maricopa County jury on June 28, 2012. Quote, We the jury, duly impaneled and sworn in the above entitled action upon our oath, do find the defendant, Michael James Marin, guilty of arson of an occupied structure. So let's do a quick unpack on that. Being found guilty of arson of an occupied structure meant that because someone was in the house, in this case, Michael was in the house, and that still counts as occupied, The charge carried a higher penalty than if he'd intentionally set fire to an unoccupied structure. Under Arizona law, where this crime took place, it's the equivalent to that of second-degree murder. After the guilty verdict was read, things took a terrible turn. So before we talk about the trial outcome for Michael, we have a deadly and difficult spoiler to share. Michael Marin's arson case does not end with his incarceration. It ends with him taking his own life inside the courtroom, and we're going to talk about it in a little bit of detail. So if that is not for you, please go on and skip ahead a few minutes, and we will meet you for cocktails. Judge Bruce Cohen was talking to attorneys about the next part of the trial, Michael's sentencing, when this trial took its tragic end. Michael appeared distraught after the verdict was read and was seen in what turned out to be his final moments by those in the room and on court television monitors burying his face into his hands when the guilty verdict was announced. In the video footage, he appeared to discreetly place something in his mouth. Then his face began to turn red and he sipped from a plastic water bottle on the table in front of him. 
According to local news station KPHO-TV's coverage, it was when he reached for a tissue that he began experiencing convulsions and collapsed. He was rushed to the hospital where he was pronounced dead. Jeff Sprong, spokesperson for the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, the office that investigated Michael's death, stated, quote, As you watch the video, it does look like he is putting something into his mouth. Unfortunately, we didn't find any evidence he left behind. We are steering toward the fact that he did ingest something. However, we're going to have to wait for toxicology results in two to three weeks. But there was a breakthrough regarding Michael's death before that toxicology report was complete. According to Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio, Michael's adult son received an email from Michael intended to be read after his sentencing. The email stated that, quote, if things don't go good in court, wills are in place and the car can be found at the Mesa location. It's this email that, when shared with investigators, led them to evidence and an answer. A canister of poison, labeled as sodium cyanide, was found in Michael's car. According to Arpaio, Michael had purchased the poison for $68 from a California-based online supplier in 2011 with his personal credit card, and Arpaio stated he believed Michael made cyanide capsules from that powder. The theory that Michael had used poison to take his own life when facing his sentence was confirmed by an autopsy report released by the county medical examiner's office. Michael's cause of death was cyanide poisoning. Said Sheriff Arpeo at a news conference regarding the examiner's report, quote, I don't know what his motive was to go public and allow the whole world to see in front of the cameras in the courtroom for the whole world to see. Said defense attorney Gearloff, quote, it's because he didn't set that fire, and if people misunderstand him so badly they thought he did this crime, then he's through with people. Those are both two really powerful quotes at the end of this. They are. It's just a dark story. Yes. Um, um, do you want to have a drink? Would you like to have <laughs> like a drink after this one? As I said, this is obviously a downer, and it's an upsetting ending. Not in any way to disrespect the serious nature of it. I do want to veer away from it, though, to avoid ending the show on an awful note. Which we all appreciate. <laughs> so, of course, of course, it will surprise no one that I became fixated on that scuba gear. Because we all did, I think. <laughs> Which made me think about scuba and water. Yeah. And blue, so it had to be a blue drink. And the other thing that I kept thinking about is how we need oxygen both to breathe and oxygen is what feeds a fire. Both humans and fire need oxygen. That made me think of oxygen cocktails. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but like that was a very trendy thing for a minute. They're not even always, they're usually not alcoholic, but they're like these very fluffy oxygenated drinks that are supposed to like help your overall health. Wasn't that, that's like a, like in the last decade or so, right? I feel like they started in the 60s. But, but like they, they really were very popular. popular. Like maybe it's just when I moved, they were popular. Yeah. Here. <laughs> Starting in the 90s, they started to trickle more into like common stuff. So they would be trending around the time that Michael's story was playing out. So I wanted something that was very aerated and fluffy and blue and hopefully delicious. So this is a drink called Scuba Gear. And it is... Two ounces of vanilla vodka, a third of an ounce of blue curacao, 
a third of an ounce of spicy mango syrup, and then one egg white, or if you're using like pasteurized egg whites from a carton, an ounce is great. And then you want to froth this up. So I use my little frother thing, but if you want to shake it, that's fine. And it takes more work, especially if you're using the pasteurized egg white. They just take longer to froth. And you would want to do a dry shake first, meaning don't put your ice in the tin. Shake it without ice, and then you can shake it with ice if you want. But you're going to pour it over ice, and then you're going to top it with ginger ale. Because even if you froth it a whole lot, that fluffy bit tends to start to die back pretty quickly, and the a soda will bring it right back up. It makes it very puffy again. So then you have this very puffy, frothy-topped drink that tastes very light and delicious because it's that vanilla vodka. Mm-hmm. It's a much lighter flavor. Oh, yumzo. <laughs> I will say this is also, though, to my mind, a choose-your-own-adventure cocktail. I love those. Because you can... Here's where I would sub out. You could sub out that vanilla vodka for gin. You could do a brown liquor, but then you're suddenly getting into a place where flavors start to interact a lot differently. So you could do, I would say, vodka or gin there. And then if spicy mango syrup isn't your jam or you just don't have any on hand, you could sub out another syrup and get a very different flavor. To do the mocktail, I have some options. So you can literally just leave out the vodka and just do your blue curacao, your syrup, whether that's a spicy mango or something else, your egg white. I would add just like a splash of water to dilute those syrupy things a little so you get more froth. You could just do that and then add more ginger ale. Or if you do want to add in that same ounceage to substitute for your vodka or your gin, I would steep a little bit of water with cucumber. I would even maybe just puree it and let it Mm -hmm. sit for a bit and then strain it off. And then I would add like a drop of vanilla extract to it and get like a, just get an interesting thing. It kind of mimics that freshness of the original Mm -hmm. cocktail, but also has a whole new thing. The cucumber does a really nice thing for me. And then other than that, it would be exactly the same because you can get blue curacao syrup in lieu of an alcoholic liqueur. And that is scuba gear, which is much more peppy in tone and feeling than this story was. But unfortunately, that's arson, unlike art heist, is going to have some dark stuff. So we hope you enjoyed it just the same. We will be right back here again next week with another story of a firebug and some more lighter fluid to consume. (laughs) Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare (laughs) 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.